Uh, I would like to read a verse in two different versions from the Bible. Just give a bit of light and shade to the, to the verses. First one's from the NIV, New International Version. Second one's from the Good News Bible. It's the same verse. And the Apostle Paul writes this of Jesus. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear Son, by whom we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. The other week I mentioned something about technology, and I want to do the same again unapologetically this morning. I guess many of you here today, and I've already seen it as I've been wandering around the the building uh, during this meeting, have got a smartphone and, or a tablet, you might have even been using it during the, the meeting, you might even be using it now for all I know, or you've got a computer where you can access the internet either at work or, or at home, or you might have all three. Um, I guess as well there are probably many people here who are on Twitter or Facebook or WhatsApp or Viber or Instagram or all these kind of social media things. I read some interesting statistics about smartphone usage this week, and it said the average Briton with a smartphone uses it 221 times in a day on emails, texts, and other social media. Typically, the first click onto their phone is at 7.31 a.m., and they keep tapping away on and off until 11.21 p.m., uh, interesting. I read uh, this also. Albert, Albert Einstein, the famous physicist, said this in the early part of the 20th century. I fear that technology will surpass our human interaction. The world will have a generation of idiots. <laughs> you may or may not agree with that. Uh, I also read this week that in Taiwan, they have banned under twos from using smartphones or tablets. And apparently, as a parent, if you get caught with your child using one of those, you can be fined up to 1600 U.S. dollars. Well, when I was a boy, uh, well, not even when I was a boy, when I was a young man, there were no such thing as smartphones or tablets or any of that thing. It's only in recent years that that's all really come to the fore. There was no internet when I was a boy. So one of the things which was very popular when I was a child were, were these books, they're called I Spy Books. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the I Spy Books. A few. Oh, good. A few there, my age too. But you can still get them. And um, the idea with the I Spy Books is that you look around you. You look at the world around you and you try and find things out about the world around you. Now, I must confess, I bought this one not that long ago, a couple of years ago. It's an I Spy Book of flags. And the idea is you look for the various flags in the book. There's slightly less than 200 I'm 19 short of filling it up. Anyway, I thought what I'd like to do this morning is just do a little test with you to see how good your flag identification is. Now, many were here in the first meeting, so you're not allowed to tell everybody else, okay? Neil, you got that? Okay, so I wonder if I could have the first one come up, please. Anyone know what that is? Cuba, correct. Cuba, the second one. Bangladesh, well done. Oh, you're very knowledgeable, you are. Third one. No, it's, it's not actually Qatar. It, it might look like it there, but if you look like it there, you probably recognize it's not actually Qatar, because it's actually bright red. It's close. 
Bahrain, you're correct. Bahrain. Okay, thank you very much. Now, some flags, though, are, have some kind of symbolic meaning. And we're going to look at some more pictures now. And all these flags are planted for a symbolic purpose. So can we have a look at the first one, please? That one I'm sure you've identified was at the South Pole in Antarctica. And that was planted by the Norwegians as they were the first to arrive at the South Pole. And the next one, please. Know what that one is? Yeah, that's Berlin. That's the end of the Second World War. That's a Soviet flag that was planted on the Reichstag building in Berlin as a symbol of the fact that the Soviets had defeated the Nazis. And the next one? Yeah, got that one? Sure. Yes, Everest. And that's Sherpa Tensing standing on Everest and on his ice pick. He's actually got four flags. You, can't, you can barely see one. One of them you might be able to see is the Union Jack. But he had four flags on his um, ice pick. He also had Nepal, because that's where Mount Everest is, the peak is. And he also had in- India and the United Nations. And the last one? Obviously, that's... Uh, Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon, planting the flag. So these flags were all planted for a symbolic purpose. When Jesus came, he planted a flag of a different kind. Can we have a look at the next picture, please? This is the flag that he planted. It was the flag of his cross. Why did he do that? He did that because of love. He did that in order that his kingdom would come. And today we've seen and we've heard something of the coming of the kingdom. But we know for a fact that the kingdom has not yet fully come. When we look into the world, there's lots of evil. Even this week, there's been the commemoration of 70 years since the Auschwitz concentration camp was liberated. And we think, how can such evil happen in the world? But if we're honest and we look at the state of our own heart, we will see, actually, we don't have to look very far to know where evil is. Because we can all be at some time in our life, and probably have already been selfish, greedy, inconsiderate, thoughtless, use foul language, lustful, gossips, boastful, arrogant, self-righteous, hypocritical. And we can be all those things in the space of five minutes, or even before we get out of bed in the morning. None of us are exempt. But the good news is this, that Jesus has started something new, He's planted his flag, and we're seeing it today in the lives of those who are going to get baptized, Andrea, Lauren, and Sam. We're seeing that Jesus is establishing their kingdom, his kingdom, in their life. And that's why he came. He wants to establish his kingdom in our lives. And he doesn't do it through political power. He doesn't need armies or guns or missiles or rockets or anything of that nation. He doesn't need any political parties to establish his kingdom. He is well able to establish it by the power of his spirit. He said this when he was about to be arrested. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. And we heard this morning about God's amazing grace his gift to us, that we don't have to earn it. We don't have to be good enough because Jesus came, and he came to be good enough on your and my behalf. It's unmerited, it's undeserved. And I'd like you to hear a song about that right now. So, Rich, if you could come, that'd be great. We're going to hear about God's extravagant love and grace.
There's a lot of pain But a lot more healing There's a lot of trouble But a lot more peace There's a lot of hate But a lot more loving There's a lot of sin But a lot more grace Oh, outrageous grace Oh, outrageous grace Love unfurled by heaven's hand There's a lot of fear, but a lot more freedom. There's a lot of darkness, but a lot more light. There's a lot of clouds. But a lot more vision There's a lot of perishing But a lot more light Oh, outrageous grace
Jesus, I can stand. Yes, through my Jesus, I can stand. Yes, through my Jesus, I can stand. Thank you very much, Richard. <laughs> now, that's the good news. Love unfurled by heaven's hand. That God sent his only son into the world in order to unfurl his flag of love for you and me. By my Jesus, the song went, I can stand. And God wants to bring each person here, if they're not already, into the kingdom of the son he loves. God wants to give us new hope, new life, new vision, new purpose, new destiny in all our lives. And that's got to be good news. What do you have to do to earn that? You don't have to do anything. You just have to come humbly to Jesus and accept what he has done for you as he sacrificed his life on the cross. There's a lot of hate in the world, but a lot more loving because God has revealed his love. There's a lot of sin, but there's a lot more grace because God has sent his son. There's a lot of darkness, but a lot more light because Jesus has come. And Jesus, as we've heard today, has planted a flag in the lives of those being baptized, Andrea, Lauren, and Sam. Boy, it's good news. And his flag is an eternal one. I want to leave you with this question. Whose flag do you have planted in your life? <laughs>